0: Uh, open your Bibles to Matthew 22, uh, 41. Um, I'll save that, actually. 22, 41. Um, while the Pharisees were together, Jesus questioned them. What do you think about the Messiah? Whose son is he? And they replied, he's David's son. Duh. And he asked them, how is it then that David, inspired by the Spirit, calls David's son, Lord, and then Jesus quotes Psalm 110 that Amanda read the Lord declared to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. If David calls him his son, Lord, then how can he be his son? Jesus puts that out there verse 46 no one was able to answer him at all and from that day no one dared to question him any more till the trial then there's some questioning but not like this so we're coming um to the end of i have like so i haven't preached in three weeks so i have like three weeks worth of stuff i want to unload on you but i won't i'll write a blog I won't do that either. I'll just suppress it. Uh, The end of Jesus uh, questioning by by the different groups in Matthew 22. So just to to catch you up first, the disciples of the Pharisees, not the Pharisees, their disciples came and they asked Jesus about Caesar and taxes. And Jesus says, give God his stuff, give Caesar his stuff. You guys are dumb. Then the Sadducees, they come next and they poke him. About the resurrection. He says you guys don't know the scriptures. That you proclaim to know. You don't know the scriptures. And you don't know the power of God. Of course there's a resurrection. Abraham you know. He he's the God of Abraham, God of the living. And then the actual Pharisees, uh, Reese priests. the actual Pharisees came up to him and they asked him, what's the greatest commandment? And Jesus says, love God and love your neighbor and all the law and the prophets. They all hang on these. So if you don't get love God and love neighbor, right, you're going to miss the whole rest of the law. And, and they're actually OK with that. They're like, yeah, that, that's a good one, um, Jesus. And so they've all had their turns, these three different groups. And now Jesus is like, all right, my turn. Like Job, right? The story in Job, they're all questioning God, da, 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 da. And then Job speaks to the Lord and says, all right, Job, arm yourself like a man and I'm going to question you. This is what's what's happening here um, in human human form. So while the Pharisees were together, Jesus questioned them. And here's his question. What do you think about the Messiah? Whose son is he? They replied, David. And he says, how is it then that David, inspired by the Spirit... Uh, calls him Lord. So we'll deal with that in a second. But the first thing I just want to point out here that's always helpful to come back to is that Jesus and the Pharisees understand that their scriptures are inspired by God. Okay? Right down to the inscriptions in your Psalms. Okay, so um, if you have a a paper Bible, um, your Psalms... This is not the main point. It's helpful to know for you people who are trying to follow Jesus. So like Psalm 110, that's not inspired. It's helpful, right, to be able to turn to Psalm 110. But Jesus thinks this where it says a Psalm of David. He says that's under the inspiration of the Spirit that this was written. And then the rest of the Psalm, right, inspired um, by the the Spirit. So I just want to... this is why I consider the scriptures to be the word of God, because Jesus did. Okay? And so if you predict your death, that's, and, you, and then you die, that's not, whatever, I could do that. Right? I'm going to die today and then run out into the parking lot. I'm not a prophet. I'm an idiot. Okay? <laughs> but if I predict my death and predict my resurrection, and then I do both, I'm trustworthy. And so if Jesus thinks that this is inspired by, with, with, with eons of, of controversy and history and all this stuff, Jesus thinks this is the inspired scripture down to the inscriptions in the Psalms. I do. Because no one else who's arguing against that has died and rose again, okay? So just, we, this is why we believe the Bible. Not because we have high, lofty, awesome arguments, the, those, those exist. Not because we're like super spiritual, like, oh, I just believe the Bible because I'm smart. No, we believe the Bible because Jesus did. Okay, that that's 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 why. So if you die and rise again, let's get on on board with everything else that you um, believe. Okay, so now to the main point. Verse 41, he questions them. What do you think about the Messiah? And they say, or whose son is he? And they correctly reply, the Messiah is David's son. Okay? And the reason they reply this way is because every Jew knows that the Messiah is David's son. And they know that because they believe the scriptures and the scriptures say, Israel's great king and deliverer is David's son. Okay? So, this is what we're going to do today. Is we're going we're to... Just... Where's my class this morning? We're going to do the David part, okay, that we didn't get to do uh, in class today. We're just going to look at how the scriptures talk about the Messiah as the son of David and what the son of David as the Messiah is expected to do. So 2 Samuel 7 is where this um, sort of starts. Uh, the prophet Nathan comes to David. David is, I don't know what he's doing. He's, he's saying, I, I want to build a house for the Lord. I've got a nice house. We should give God a nice house and... Nathan comes to him and says, this is what the Lord of armies says, David. I took you from the pasture and from tending the flock to be ruler over my people, Israel. Right. So David's king at this point. I will make a great name for you, David, like that of the greatest of the earth. I will designate a place for my people, Israel, and plant them so that they may live there and not be disturbed again, which is not the case at the time of David. Not the case at the time of Solomon, not the case now. Okay, but this is the promise. And then through the reign of this king and Messiah, evildoers will not continue to oppress them. I will give you rest from all your enemies. The Lord himself will make a house. What's the house of the Lord in the scripture? Jesus says, you've made my father's house, a den of robbers and thieves. What's he talking about? The temple, right? I will make a a house, a temple of the Lord for you. Verse 12, when you die, David, I will raise up after you, your descendant. I will give you a son who will come from your body and I will establish his kingdom. He is the one who will build a house for my name and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. Verse 16, your house and your kingdom will endure before me forever and your throne will be established forever. Okay? Okay. So Jesus' initial question is easy to answer. Whose son is, who, uh, who, who's the Messiah? Whose son is he? And they say, David's. Because they know 2 Samuel 7. Okay, I, I, everyone knows that. And and then his, his kingship, his kingdom is kind of laid out and, and, and given to us in, in germ form, seed form before David. Okay, so we're at David here. You've got the promise of a... Messianic son. We're going to go back to Genesis now and see where this starts. So Genesis 3, the promise is that the seed of the woman will crush the serpent's head, right? Ray and Sam, they get this, right? Genesis 12, 15, and 17 then. You get the expectation that this seed, this son, uh, who will crush the serpent's head will also be a king. So Genesis 17. Abram's 99 years old. The Lord appears to him. So cool. Verse 4, here's my covenant with you, Abram. You will become the father of many nations. I will make you fruitful and make nations, and I will make kings, right, come from you, from your family. It's a permanent covenant to be your God and the God of your offspring after you. And to you and to your future offspring, I will give the land where you are residing as a permanent possession, and I will be their God. Isn't that what God just promised David in Second Samuel 7, Right? He's just building on the promise to Abraham, now come to um, David. Genesis 49, moving out of that, says the scepter, who holds scepters, kings, will not depart from Judah nor the ruler's staff from his descendants until the coming of the one to whom, it, to whom the scepter belongs, the one to whom all the nations will honor. So in Genesis, we've got king stuff being honored projected forward numbers then uh numbers 24 See, ryan's not here this week ryan likes numbers 24 numbers 24 we've got israel we've got the whole nation kind of in a valley and the bad guys don't like them they don't want them to come in and so they hire like a, a hitman prophet named balaam you heard the story he hires balaam balaam you go up on that mountain and you curse israel and Balaam goes up there and he tries to curse Israel, but every time he opens his mouth, blessings come out for Israel. It's a cool story, okay? It's like, it's sorry, I haven't, again, I haven't done this in three weeks, so I was just rolling out. You guys have seen Bruce Almighty, right? Okay, the TV anchor that Jim Carrey doesn't like. He's doing his thing and he's trying to do his talk, but Jim Carrey has God power so he can change what he says. So he's trying to do the weather and he's like... The weather today will be blah-blah-blah-blah-blah-blah. You can't say what... Anyway, sorry. Numbers 24. This is what it says. (laughs) Balaam prophesies, a a, a pagan Gentile prophesying about Israel's Messiah. I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star will come out of Jacob. A scepter will rise out of Israel. He will crush the foreheads. Genesis 3, he will crush the serpent. Genesis uh, 12, he will crush. Uh, um, But Israel will grow strong, and a ruler will come out of jacob so we, genesis we're just here's the king he's going to come from abraham and so move closer into the time of David. we're almost caught back up to second samuel 7 first samuel 2 those who oppose yahweh will be shattered yahweh will thunder against them from heaven yahweh will judge the ends uh, of the earth that's from hannah prophesying and how will yahweh do all of these things Through his king, through through his anointed, through his Messiah. She keeps prophesying. He will give strength to his king and he will exalt the horn of his anointed, of his uh, anointed Messiah, his, his Shiach. Okay, so we've got this expectation from Genesis of a king, of the Lord's king, the king of Israel, the crushing one who will come. Get to 2 Samuel 7 and say, it's going to be David's son, right? So they answer the question, it, it's David's. And so after 2 Samuel 7, um, under the inspiration of the Spirit, that the prophets and the scribes and, and, and David, they begin to write about David's son beginning with the Psalms, okay? The, the Psalms are about, a lot of them about um, the Messiah. So Psalm chapter 2, right? I've got this promise, Second Samuel 7, my son is going to be the king he's going to, Fix everything that went wrong in Genesis chapter 3. Let's write about it. Psalm 2. Why do the nations, cons- why do they rage? Uh, and the people plot in vain. The kings of the earth, they take their stand. And the rulers gather together against the Lord, Yahweh. Okay, The God of Israel who appeared to Abraham. The nations gather together against Yahweh. And against who? His anointed one. right? His Messiah. And who's the Messiah? Whose son is he? david's son okay so they're gathering against both here then he rebukes the nations verse five in his anger and terrifies them in his wrath saying i've installed my king where on zion my holy hill the city promised to david and his people the place where they will dwell forever in peace david goes to buy this field and the guy's like i'll just give it to you where where this is and david says i'm not going to Give something to the Lord that costs me nothing. I'm going to buy it, right? Build this holy hill. Verse 7, I will proclaim the decree of the Lord, of Yahweh. He said to me, David's son, you are my son. Today I've become your father. Ask of me, David's son, and I will make the nations your inheritance, the ends of the earth your possession. Abraham is promised this land and the whole earth, right? Like, this is who's... Get it? Gets it, verse 9. You will rule the nations with an iron scepter. You will dash them to pieces like pottery. David's just writing about what Nathan said to him. Are, are, am I making sense? Yeah, okay. All right, cool. <laughs> Psalm 21. O Lord, the king, who's the king, the Messiah, the son of David. The king rejoices in your strength. You welcomed him with rich blessings and you placed a crown of pure gold on his head. And then verse four of Psalm 21, reading it with what we know about Jesus later. But, you know, by the time he shows up, he, the Messiah, David's son, he asked you for life and you gave it to him. So if you don't know, Jesus died and then he rose again. He asked for life. okay, if you didn't know. That's the main thing you have to know today is that Jesus, (laughs) okay, (laughs) assuming a lot here. Yes, he, okay, he rose again. He lives forever. Uh, He asked you for life. You gave it to him length of days forever and ever. Verse nine of, of Psalm 21. Awesome. At the time of your appearing, at the time of God's appearing, you will make your enemies like a fiery furnace. In his wrath, the Lord will swallow them up and his fire will consume them. So, Psalm 21 now, we've got David's son, he's the king, he's going to live forever, and they're like tying these things together with the Lord appearing in fire to, to execute judgment and, and consume the adversaries of Israel. I've heard this story before, and I like it. Okay, the Lord returning, and okay. I hope you like it too, because that's where it's, this is all going. Psalm 72, we prayed through this Thursday morning. It says, endow the king, the Messiah, David's son, with your justice, O God, the royal son, with your righteousness. Verse 5, he will endure as long as the sun, as long as the moon, throughout all generations. He will rule from sea to sea, from the rivers to the ends of the earth, the land promised to Abraham, to the whole world. Verse 11, all kings will bow down to him. All nations will serve him. May his name endure forever. May it continue as long as the sun. All nations will be blessed through him, and they will call him blessed. So God told Abraham, Abraham, through your family, all the nations will be blessed. All the families will be blessed. Um, verse 19, praise be to his glorious name forever. This Davidic son, this king, may the whole earth be filled with his glory. This is really cool, guys. OK, <laughs> Psalm uh, 89. So Psalm 89 is a direct uh commentary on second samuel seven okay the psalmist is i don't know sitting in his room praying thinking about the promise in second samuel seven the spirit comes on him and he writes this about that i have made a covenant with my chosen i have sworn to david my servant i will establish your seed forever and build up your throne to all generations but i will crush his adversaries before him Psalm 2, I will make his enemies his footstool, and I will strike those who hate him. My faithfulness, my loving kindness will be with him, and in my name his horn will be exalted. I will set his hand on the sea, his right hand on the rivers, the fifth time we've heard that. He will cry to me, you are my Father, my God, the rock of my salvation. I will make him my firstborn, the highest of the kings of all the earth, the Messiah, Will be the highest of all the kings on the earth. They will lick the dust of his feet. And then Psalm 110. Okay, so we've caught back up to Jesus quotation here. Where the Lord calls the Messiah, calls David's son, the Lord. The Lord. Okay, we'll work here. First one. This is the declaration of The Lord. So your Bibles probably have that all caps, um, and that tells you it's Yahweh. Okay, it's Abraham's God, God of Israel, Yahweh. So the Lord, in all caps, Yahweh, says to my Lord, which is lowercase for most of it, right? Adonai, a, a, a divine name. The Lord said to my Lord, "Sit at my right hand, share in the same authority as God over all things, until I make your enemies your footstool." Crush your enemies. The Lord will extend your, the Messiah's mighty scepter from Zion, that holy hill. Rule over your surrounding enemies. Your people will volunteer on your day of battle. The Lord is at your right hand. He will crush kings when, when do kings get crushed? On the day of his anger. He will judge the nations, heaping up corpses. He will crush Genesis 3 will crush the serpent's head. He will crush leaders over the entire world. So we've just read a whole bunch of scripture and you guys are doing great with it. Okay. I just want you to see that David's son has grown over the course of these psalms, right? starts out like he's David's son. Got it. Son of the king is the next king. Got it. But now we're at Psalm one ten, and he's not just a king anymore, right? He's just kind of like... Uh, we'll go way back here. You got uh, what's the lie of VeggieTales? It's a weed? No, that's a rumor weed. The big fib VeggieTales. It starts out as this tiny little thing, and then by the end of the VeggieTales movie, it's a giant pickle. Just a giant ball. Sorry. I'm out of the game, right? But he's grown. He started out it's like just David's son, just another king. Just we've done this thing a million times. Now we're at Psalm 110, and we're like, the Lord said to my Lord, calling him, calling him uh, these things. And, and this is what the psalms are doing. They like keep growing this guy, and he keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Well, the prophets take this up. Okay, they've read all the psalms. They're like, oh, hold my beer, right? Like we're gonna, we're gonna make these things. Uh, uh, bigger. And so as the prophets start to go, the Messiah starts to take on like more divine characteristics, right? He's not just the king. He's like more. So Isaiah, um, Isaiah 9. So if you liked all the Psalms, now we're going through the prophets. A child will be born for us. A son will be given to us. The government will be on his shoulder. Totally normal things for kings, right? Like totally normal. David's son could do that. Okay. He will be named wonderful counselor. And what else? Okay. Hey, well, he was just David's son. Now he's he's that fib. It's it's growing. Okay. And he will be called Eternal Father. Okay. Prince of Peace. So Isaiah, he's like he's more than David's son. Not just David's son. He he's he's more. But he's still David's son. Okay. I don't. Want, they don't need to swallow each other up. The the David's part gets diminished sometimes. And there's no need for that. This one, mighty God, everlasting father, is still the inheritor of the Davidic covenant. So verse seven, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace, the dominion of his kingdom will be vast. Its prosperity will never end. Okay, kingdom will never run out of money. All right. No, no debt. He will reign on the throne of David. Why? Because he's David's son. Where else is he going to sit? You know what I mean? You were on the throne of David and Nathan said this throne would endure forever and over his kingdom to establish it, to sustain it with justice and righteousness from now on and forever. Okay? So if you're a believer, which if you're a member of our church, you're a believer. This is who you believe in. A good king. Righteous king. a, A wonderful counselor. Mighty God. Everlasting father. This is who Israel is waiting on. Isaiah, they're like, reading Isaiah, man, we're waiting on this divine king from David's line who's going to do this stuff. Isaiah 11, then, after the descriptions of the day of the Lord in Isaiah 10, then a shoot will grow from the stump of Jesse. Jesse is David's dad, okay? <laughs> Who is the Messiah? Jesse's grandson. Okay, From the stump of Jesse, and a branch from his roots will bear fruit. He will judge the poor righteously and execute justice for the oppressed of the land. He will strike the land with a scepter from his mouth. He will kill the wicked with a command from his lips. Like Psalm 2, like Psalm 110, the Messiah from David will shatter kings on his day of wrath. He'll fill the nations with corpses. And then, like Nathan prophesied to David, when that happens, Israel and the nations will be at peace. Right? Isaiah 2, they will no longer learn war anymore. And they will turn their swords into plowshares. Right? Our, Our guns become farming equipment in that day. Verse 9, they will not destroy or harm on... On my holy mountain, for the land will be as full of the knowledge of the Lord as the sea is filled with water, which means really full. Right. Okay. verse 10. On that day, the root of Jesse will stand as a banner for the peoples. The nations will look to him for guidance and his resting place. The house of the Lord on Mount Zion will be glorious. So Isaiah envisions a divine Davidic king executing the day of the Lord and bringing peace to the earth. This is why we pray Maranatha, because it means world peace, right? Like I know, you know, some military people here like, you know, but most of us are insulated from that. We need world peace. Like we, we need these things to come. Jeremiah keeps going. I will raise up for David a righteous branch. And he shall reign as king and deal wisely and shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In his days, Judah will be saved and Israel will, will dwell securely. What Nathan said to David, right? All son of David stuff. You guys like the other preachers better. That's the deal. That's the deal. Fine. I'm out. <laughs> So Jeremiah, he, he prophesies, son of David stuff, right? Israel will dwell securely, they'll live in the land, he'll reign in righteousness, all this stuff. But then Jeremiah's like, let's turn this thing up a little bit. Actually, Jeremiah's like, let's turn it up all the way. Okay, so <laughs> the next verse. And this is the name by which he, the Davidic king, he will be called the Lord. All caps. He will be called Yahweh, our righteousness. His name, this king from David that the psalmists are writing about and the prophets are writing about. He will be called God. That's cool. It's weird. But it's really cool. He is the son of David is the point. right? Who? What do you guys think about the Messiah? Whose son is he? David's. He's the son of David, but he, he's more than that. Jeremiah 33, which is uh, Jeremiah's prophesying in the midst of invading armies and the people going into exile. He's, this is a bold statement, to be sure. He says, in that context, David will never fail to have a man sitting on the throne of the house of Israel. The Levitical priests will never fail to have a man before me to offer offerings, grain offerings, and make sacrifices. So David's son, the throne, the temple, all things God promised. In the midst of exile, Jeremiah is like, yep, gonna happen. As he's being carted off into exile. And here's how serious God is about making these things happen. Verse 20, he says, if you can break my covenant with the day and my covenant with the night. Which is cool that God has covenant with the day and the night, so the day and night cease to come at their regular time. Then also my covenant with my servant David may be broken. And if that could happen, then he would not have a son reigning on the throne. A Levitical priest would not be my minister. Jeremiah's point is, look, I'm not breaking my covenant with anyone. I'm not breaking my covenant with the day and with the night. I'm not breaking my covenant with David, that a son of David will sit on the throne and rule all the nations in righteousness. You can bet on it. reason you can bet on it is because when you guys woke up this morning, what was outside? Sun, right? Sunlight, right? And you know, and you know what's going to happen tomorrow morning? Sunlight and the next day, and the, right, God's covenant with the sun and moon is sure. His covenant to set a son of David on the throne of David and rule all the nations is sure. You can bank on it, okay? Absolutely. Ezekiel thirty-seven. Uh, two more prophets, and then we'll get back to to um, Jesus. Ezekiel thirty-seven. Valley of Dry Bones is right before this, all this stuff. These bones are the whole house of Israel, and they're going to raise from the dead. And This is what the Lord God says. I am going to take the Israelites out of the nations where they have gone. I'm going to gather them from all around. I'm going to bring them into their own land, just like I promised Abraham, just like I promised Moses, just like I promised David. I will make them one nation in the land on the mountains of Israel, and one king will rule over all of them. My servant is. David will be king over them and there will be one shepherd for all of them. My servant David will be their prince forever. I will make a covenant of peace with them. It will be a permanent covenant with them. I will establish and multiply them. I will set my sanctuary among them forever. My dwelling place will be with them. I will be their God. They will be my people. When my sanctuary is among them forever, then the nations will know. That I, the Lord, sanctify Israel. That's sweet, guys. Amos 9, last prophet. In that day, I will restore the fallen shelter of David, shorthand for the kingdom of the Messiah. Look, the days are coming when the plowman will overtake the reaper. So, you farmers, get ready, all right? Think you work hard now. Stuff's going to be growing so fast. The plowman will overtake the reaper. The mountains will drip with sweet wine. Sierra, if you're watching live, she's sick this morning. The mountains will drip with sweet wine and all the hills will flow with it. And I will restore the fortunes of my people, Israel. They will rebuild and occupy ruined cities. They will plant vineyards. They will drink their wine. They will make gardens. They will eat produce. And then Amos finishes this awesome... Prophecy with quoting Nathan's prophecy to David verbatim. Okay, he says, "I will plant them on their land, and they will never again be uprooted from the land that I have given them." That was a that was a lot, but the point is, and the, the reason I wanted to just pound it, and pound it, and pound it, is because like this is the expectation of the Messiah. Right. In the first century, when Jesus shows up on the scene, this is the kind of thing they're looking for. These things are the expectation of David's son. OK. Just the left part of your Bible is what they're expecting. The people, including the Pharisees, are waiting for God to send a king that's more than a king. Right. They're waiting for God to send a son of David Turned up to 11. To send a divine son to them. This is the expectation. Which, so let's come back to Jesus and the Pharisees here. That made this passage um, confusing to me. I was talking to Stoney Tuesday night about it. Like, I don't understand. They've got the same expectations. They, they believe the same scriptures. Why are they poking at Jesus? Okay? Like, the first, like, first time reading Matthew 22, I'm like, man, those idiots hadn't read Psalm 110 before. Well, that's I'm the idiot. They've read Psalm 110 more than I will in my entire life. OK, it's not like this is the first time they've considered, you know, David said the Lord said to my Lord. What do you think that means? That's not new. They've been having that conversation for the entirety of their lives. They know like, OK, the Messiah is going to be more than a man. They, they don't have a problem with the, David's son being the Messiah. They, they believe 2 Samuel 7. They answered Jesus' question correctly. Whose son is he? David's. They, they've got that. They don't even have a problem with the divine Messiah. Okay? I know there's some statements in John that would make us think that. They don't. Judaism doesn't have an issue with the Messiah being divine. Like that's, that comes in later. They believe Jeremiah 23. His name, the son of David, will be called the Lord. They, they, they know that better than we do. So, when Jesus pulls out the question... They're done talking to him, though, and and they don't want to continue the conversation. Verse 46, no one was able to answer him at all. And from that day, no one dared question anymore. So I'm like, why the poking if we're just talking about stuff that we agree with? Okay? Here's why. I know you're on the edge of your seats and you're wondering why, too. Their problem is not with the Messiah being David's son. Because they, they answered that correctly. David's son, why are you asking? And it's not... With the Messiah sharing God-like qualities, that's not that's not the issue here. Their problem, why they're done with the conversation, their problem is Jesus. Jesus, the individual person, who for 22 chapters has raked them over the coals. Okay, <laughs> like you 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 get down to it, it's really pretty simple. They don't like this guy that that's that's the issue here they are expecting they're waiting on a messiah to show up and do messiah stuff and then congratulate them for the great job they've been doing right like they're expecting him to come and be like you guys high fives all around you are the best and jesus has not done that one time Every time he interacts with these guys, they lick their wounds running away. Like, he just over and over and over and over. For the entirety of his ministry, he's claimed to be the long-awaited divine Davidic king. But he hasn't been congratulating these guys. He's been beating them for their hypocrisy. Does that make sense? Like, the issue is not with the expectation of the Messiah. It's not that he's divine. The issue is we don't like you. Okay? You're not saying the things that we want to here, okay. So the point is, the issue isn't theological. The issue is is personal. They would gladly welcome a divine Messiah so long as he went along with what they're doing and turned a blind eye to their wicked hearts. But the Messiah showed up. He didn't say the things they wanted to hear, and he called them to repent for their hypocrisy. And they're like, Yeah, we're not talking to you anymore. The next time we talk to you, we're gonna have Roman guards, okay? Because we don't like you. So, Robert, if you would come help us, please. I want to close with two questions, okay, just for us today. The first one being Jesus' question here. And this is, if you're a member of our church or, or a believer today, uh, this is the question is, what do you think about the Messiah? Okay. What do you think about him? Because I just read a whole bunch of scriptures um, about him that are different than I used to have in my mind. Okay, we've all got different versions of Jesus and those versions of Jesus will absolutely save. Okay, like if you're you're trusting in generic Jesus who died on a cross for your sins so you can live forever, that's great. But I think what we should do as people who have pledged our lives to this guy, okay, to this guy, (laughs) born to Mary, you know, live, like, to this guy, I I think we should get to know him on on his terms, okay? To know Jesus as the son of David, as Israel's Messiah, as the seed promised to Eve, and Abraham and David and, and expounded on in the prophets and then who the apostles tell us more about him. Like, I think if we want to follow Jesus um, the way that he calls us to in wholeheartedness and and in and, and, uh, just abandonment and with love of the Lord, your God, with all of your heart. If we want to do that, um, we, we've got to get to know him as he describes himself. OK, even if it's super weird. OK, like the the. <laughs> Did, I read all the scriptures. None of them. And you were like, "It's a little too Jewish." Okay. I did. I'm preaching. I'm like, I don't want that. So that that's that's the first thing is, what do you think about the Messiah? Let's go here. Let's give ourselves to this and search him out. It's the glory of God to hide a matter. It's the glory of kings to search it out. So when we go into um, Prayer today, like this is what we want to give ourselves to. Um, so just, a, just an example. Do you feel the, the weight of the Christmas story? The angel Gabriel shows up and says this, says this to Mary. He will be great. He will be called the son of the most high. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father, David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. Like, Do you, do you, you want to read that and hear Nathan talking to David. And you want to hear that and and hear David writing the Psalms. You want to hear that and and see what the prophets were were longing for and then deal with Jesus on those terms, okay? So if this is who the Messiah is to you, keep plugging into it. If this is not who Jesus is to you, don't, don't feel condemned. Just when we go to prayer today, just ask the Lord, God, give me a spirit of wisdom and revelation, Ephesians 1, in the knowledge of you. And then go to your scriptures and, and get to know Jesus, the son of David. Okay? Like, that's a worthy goal for this week. Is to, You know what? I'm going to take Jesus at his terms and figure out who he is. And I can uh, tell you this. Man, I really missed um, being with you guys last week. Because we have awesome kids. And adults. You guys are awesome too. Um, I can I can speak for myself, uh, Stony. I'm sure you'd you'd say the same thing. The more you met Jesus on Jesus' terms, the more your heart came alive. Okay, and following Jesus became like I'm following a person and not a set of doctrines someone handed me. Okay. Second question. So when we go into prayer today. I- uh if you want if you want prayer for that obviously pray with any elder but i I, I want to pray pray that for you specifically okay so if you if you're feeling that I want to pray for you second question unbelievers in the room uh really simple will you receive the messiah okay He came to his own and his own um, uh, rejected him different groups questioned Jesus here will you do what they didn't do? and hear and obey the call to repent and to believe. And so if you're here today, you don't know anything about what it means to trust in Jesus' cross for the forgiveness of your sins and trust in Jesus' life for your eternal life. That's foreign to you or you know about it, but you're not doing it. Uh, Today's the day, okay? Don't leave here not knowing who Jesus is, not giving yourself to him, okay? Let's pray, and then I'll invite the elders up. Father, thank you for um, your word. Thank you for inspiring books and inspiring letters and inspiring songs by your spirit to train us in the gospel and train us in righteousness and, and train us to keep us on the path. Thank you for putting it into our ears and in in our pockets on cell phones and in books and we just thank you for the scriptures. And God, we thank you for the promise of the Messiah. The one who will rule all the nations, who will regather, restore, bless Israel, who will put an end to sin and death and tyranny and war, who will make all things new. I ask that our our church members this week would be strengthened and encouraged uh, in, in our God who makes promises and keeps them. In the name of Jesus, everyone said, Amen.